Thanks, Pastor Sai. Morning, everyone. Man, I double, double, nay. Love that. That was getting me into the jam there. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to speak about, funny enough. Isn't God good? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived of the things God has prepared for those who love him. About six months ago, I was finding myself in quite a hard spot in a job where I was very challenged and a few terrible things had happened. And yeah, I, I felt like, you know, kind of panicky. You know, I, of course, told God this. I told God about all my insecurities. And uh, my flesh then said, oh, shucks. Okay, well, you got to start applying for jobs. You know, and you got to find. So I sent out 40 applications that week, right? And God told me not to. He said, John, listen, I, I know where you're going. Just, just wait. Don't do this. The scary part of me sends him out anyway, right? Don't hear a word. Nothing. Not a word. Two months go by. John says, okay. Your wife's going to find you something. She comes back to me. You need to apply for this one. Boom. Way above my pay grade. Great promotion. All the glory to God. At the age I am, I shouldn't have got this job. Walked in there. 15-minute interview became an hour and a half. That's when you know it went well, by the way. And, you know, I'm very blessed to be a senior manager at a listed company now. And that's all glory to God at the age that I am. And press into God. Listen to him. Don't, don't be impatient like I was and try to make things happen. God is so good. He knows your heart. He knows what you need to. Be patient on him. He, he, he will deliver. I know it's tough. I know when you're sitting in that spot. You panic. You, you, you freak out. And that's normal. But say, God, I cast it on you. All for you. So that's my testimony. And I was just telling people this morning, we need more testimonies in this church, so I started it. So would you all please stand and we read the offering declaration. Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings today, we are believing you for South Africa to be transformed to reflect your glory the orphan, widow, and foreigner to be cared for in their time of need, and there to be no lack amongst us, revival to come to our schools, universities, and to every workplace, every marriage and family to be filled with your love, goodness, and peace, an army of disciples rising up, fearless and in love with you, released to bring in the harvest, wholeness, holiness, health, and prosperity, your glory and presence resting on us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, saints. Awesome. So the ushers will be passing the offering baskets around as we grab our seats. I know, I know that uh, you, you might not have heard that through the American accent, but what John was saying, he sent out 40 applications. <laughs> Four zero, 40 applications. Um, not one of them came through. Uh, but when he paid attention to what God was doing, immediately um, there, was, there was breakthrough. There's something in there for you. In fact, um, we... As we were praying uh, in, in the pre-service prayer uh, this morning, one of the words that was, uh, that was coming out was just that, uh, th- that, that there was such a, a, a sense of destiny that God was, uh, was speaking over people, but that, but that in, our, in our panic or nervous state or even in our lack of faith, um, that we tend to short-circuit that and we, we, we want to quickly try and find other plans. And one of the things that we were praying over all of you is that you would have staying power. 
um, that God would release just an anointing to give you vision, vision for the future, just to give you even a glimpse of what he's got ahead, what he's got planned for you, what he's building you towards, and that, and that as, as, as you receive this vision, that, that a hope would arise in you, that a faith would arise in you to, to stay the course. So that's a word for those of you who are feeling like you want to jump ship, who are feeling like you are, you are unsure about where you are, especially if you started on a journey knowing that God called you somewhere. God appointed you. God has, has, has selected you for a particular task, but it may be getting a little bit difficult. You're looking around and you can't exactly see a way forward. Stay the course is the word for you. We prayed this word over you and we ask, we ask the Lord that it would, it would be a deposit in your heart, that you would be faithful with the journey because the outcome is amazing. Amen. I hope those of you for whom that word was relevant um, said a big amen. We're, we're continuing on our, on, on our Genesis uh, series uh, in, in the beginning, and, uh, and, and, and that uh, subtext, Purpose Unfolds, um, is strategic because, because we want to talk about purpose. We want to talk about uh, who, God has called, who God has called us to be. We want to talk about how to live that out and how to have that outworked uh, in our lives. I've got quite a bit of feedback here, guys. Awesome. So, one of the, or the way to navigate with God what He has in store for us is to go back and to discover with Him what was His plan. What was, what was the original intention and how was God intending to have it made manifest. And so we've been journeying together um, in the book of Genesis, and, and we're going to camp in the book of Genesis again today uh, as we uh, hope to discover some of the key tools that are going to help us, uh, not only just in discovering purpose, but also in, in walking it out in how it may unfold. Before we do that, I... I felt, like, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted um, to, to heal some people this afternoon. And, uh, and I, I felt like there, 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 were, there were people in this auditorium who had received um, some, some negative medical reports. Um, felt like there's some people who, um, who, who, who were told uh, some, some negative things by, 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 by the doctors or uh, by, by whoever. And I felt like God wanted to bring a word that was contrary, but by or contrary to what you have been told, contrary to what the doctors have told you, contrary to what medical reports have said, contrary to what how the test results have come back. And and I want to I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask if. If that is you, if that is you, if you'll stand to your feet, as I, because I believe that the Lord wants to release something special over you. I want to pray for you. 
long, maybe it's a long-term sickness. You've been told to live with it. You've been told to manage it. I want to trust God to break it this afternoon. And I want to say this over you, that we break these things because they are broken in heaven. In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there is no disease. In heaven, there is no weakness. We pray, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that prayer, what we mean is that let our reality today reflect the reality of heaven. And if we are healed in heaven, then we partner with that healing this afternoon. Amen. So, Father, we choose to partner with this healing. Would you go ahead and just stretch out your hands or touch those people that are, that are, that are next to you? We're going to trust God that these awesome people would walk in victory, in healing, in freedom this afternoon. And so, Father, we declare healing over these beautiful souls, healing over their bodies. We declare it because you have already declared it. We declare it, we declare it because in heaven there is no sickness. So we pray, let it be over their bodies right now. Let it be over their bodies as it is in Jesus' name. As it is in heaven right now. As it is in heaven in Jesus' name. Just release your goodness, Father, right now, right now in Jesus' name. Healed, healed, healed in Jesus' name. As it is in heaven, so it is over your body right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Healed. We align ourselves with your truth, Lord Jesus. We align ourselves with your reality. And we declare. We declare victory. We declare healing. We declare sustainable healing. Completely healed. Completely healed. Thank you, Father. Completely healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We break right now the bonds and the chains of disease. We break right now. Whatever words have been spoken over you, we break them right now in Jesus' name. We declare that you are, you are victorious. You are free. You are delivered in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We receive that healing. Can we celebrate with these awesome people as they receive that healing? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, family, for, for being Jesus to one another. Let's continue to trust. Let's continue to walk in faith. And believe that as we step out and believe God and take him at his word, we will see amazing and wonderful things. As we make our way to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, we, uh, we discussed last week about, about what intimacy with God looks like. 
what intimacy with God looks like. We spoke about the prerequisite for intimacy and a prerequisite for intimacy being, being the pleasure of God, that when God is pleased with us, that there's context for intimacy, that when we are pleased with one another, when we, we take delight in one another, there is context for intimacy. We also spoke about the river that flows and waters the gardens of Eden and flows out and becomes four, four other rivers that flow out into the rest of the world. And that having an understanding that when the river flows through Eden, not only does it fertilize and not only does it nourish the soils of Eden, but takes with it some of the topsoil, takes with it some of the DNA of Eden to deposit as it goes. Today I want to talk about the mandate that God gives us. We see in the book of Genesis that upon creating man, upon creating the man and the woman, that God gives them a particular mandate which we have come to know as the, the cultural mandate. And that, that's what I want us to read in this scripture. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 20, 28 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want to pause there a little bit. God makes a decision. Remember the decisions we spoke about last week, the four decisions. The decision to create, which was a decision towards intimacy. The decision to rebel, which was a decision against intimacy. The decision to hide. And, of course, the decision that was made by God to stay true. This is that first decision. Let us make man in our image. And there's something particular that I want you to notice. That not only would man be made in the image of God, but he would be given dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. How many of you are living out that dominion this afternoon? How many of you walked in here feeling like the top of the food chain? You've got it all together. You're in charge. The fish listen to you. The birds listen to you. The cattle pay attention. Your colleagues cooperate with you. Your boss knows who's the real boss. Because you have dominion over all the earth. We don't often walk around feeling like we have dominion, even though that is what we are created for. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Key word, 
blessed them. And God said to them, these are the words of the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Those are the words of the blessing. So we're going we're to stay on this for a little bit because there's some good stuff for us to draw out of this scripture. I want us to, to have particular focus on verse 28. When God blessed them, he declared a few things over them. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to fill the earth. And I want you to subdue it. Dominion. Fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. When I said earlier, who walks around feeling like they have dominion, top of the food chain, etc. This, this word dominion, we have weird understandings about what it is sometimes, right? Um, and, and sometimes we feel like the word dominion means that, that I'm, I'm, above, I'm above suffering. I'm above negative consequences. I'm above the laws of nature. I, I, can, I, I, I can declare things that are not necessarily aligned with the word of God and see those play out. What I want to suggest to you is fruitfulness, multiplication, filling the earth, Subduing within that scope is dominion. So, let me ask it again. Are you living out your dominion mandate? Are you being fruitful? Are you multiplying? Are you filling the earth? Are you subduing it? When we talk about, I want to focus a little bit on, maybe just on each one, but specifically on the be fruitful section. So let's talk about fruitfulness. So here's, here's a, a command or a blessing that's given by God. Be fruitful. Right. So if I say to you, be fruitful, there are certain connotations that I hope come to mind. Okay, I am to be fruitful, which means I am to produce fruit. Remember the powerful, remember, what's the most powerful Bible reading tool that we talk about all the time? Logic. Logic. I, I am to be fruitful. Lord, I am to be fruitful. So, I am to produce fruit. I'm to produce an outcome. I'm to be productive. Let's think of it in terms of a fruitful, because it's, it's within the context of, the, of a garden, right? So let's think of it with, let's think about it in terms of a garden. I, I approach my garden, make a garden, I look at it and I think, nice. And I approach it and I say to my garden, be fruitful. What does my garden have to do in order to align to the blessing or the command? Well, 
We're going to discuss a little bit of geography. Is it geography? What is it? What is it? Agriculture. That's the one. I did, I did geography. I, did, I didn't do agriculture. I told you guys I got an A for geography in matric. Maybe that's where I was going with that. I'm just going to slip, slip that in there. Agriculture, agriculture, here we go. Right, if I want a piece of land to be fruitful, what's the first step that I need to take? Till the ground, yes. I till the ground. And tilling the ground speaks of preparation, right? So I'm preparing the ground, and it's, it's one of the steps, and it's the first step. So I till the ground. The ground is now tilled. What's my next step? Sow seed? Yes. I sow seed. What's my next step? Water. I water the seed. I might even want to throw a little bit of fertilizer in there, right? So, now, what we're saying is, I want this ground to bear fruit, so what do I do? I till the ground... Uh, put some fertilizer in there, I, put, I sow some seeds, and I water. What is the responsibility of the soil? To produce. Because I, as the gardener, have gone ahead and I've fulfilled all the steps that we've agreed upon, because we agree that if I fulfill all of these steps, then the ground produces soil, it produces, right? Produces fruit. So, who takes on the majority of responsibility between myself and the soil? I do. So God says to us, be fruitful. Outside of context, it's, it's an intimidating mandate. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, do these amazing things. Your, the responsibility is upon you. Carry the kingdom. Wherever you go, bring change. Do, do these amazing things. Be the catalyst. Be the, 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 the power broker. Be all of these things. Be the, the ultimate influencer and lead people and serve people and do all of these things that when we take them upon ourselves, they can be such a weighty matter that we cease to even take that first step. But when you come to an understanding that, hang on, There's the gardener and there's me, the soil. The gardener has given me the mandate of bearing fruit, but he has done everything else. Then all I have to do is produce, bear fruit. So we spoke about tilling the ground, which is the preparation and and the... the, 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 the fertilizer and, the, and, and, and what, what that does is, is, is provide nutrients to the soil and, and activate certain chemicals and allows the, the, the seeds to, to, to bear more fruit and I have the, the water and the, the water provides nourishment and because I've tilled the soil, there's, there's, there's air pockets and the soil is loose so the, the roots are easy, can easily take root and can, can pop out of the ground and so I've prepared all of this and I wonder... As I was saying all of these things, nourish, soften the soil, air that flows through, take root, 
in my mind, the Holy Spirit comes to mind. And I start to recognize that, hang on, the way that God works and the way that he cultivates fruitfulness in my life is through the work of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about symbolism and imagery, most of the time in the Bible, we see that water is a symbolism of the work of the Holy Spirit. Air being a symbolism of the work of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the water that nourishes, when we talk about the air that provides oxygen, when we talk about the sun, which we didn't, that provides um, for, what's the word? Photosynthesis. It's agricultural words, but it's infused with the work of the Holy Spirit. Because what it tells me is that he does all the work. He cultivates. He tills. He, he softens. He sows. He nourishes. And my, my, my portion is to produce. Now we go, well, how, how do I do that exactly? How do, I, how do I produce? How do I become fruitful? And if we can look at that next slide, I think Jesus came and he gave us a little bit of a clue on that, yeah. Jesus gave us a little bit of a clue. If you want to produce, if you want to be fruitful, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without the gardener, the soil can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. So, how then do I bear fruit? It's right there. I abide. I remain connected to him. And if, if, if I do the work of abiding, if I do the work of remaining connected to him, guess what? He does everything else. The mandate is fulfilled. Before, it was daunting because I had this massive thing that I needed to fulfill. I had this massive fruitful, multiply, do all of these things. How, where do I even start? Well, Jesus says, don't worry about it. Connect and stay connected. And everything will work itself out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will cultivate, will till, will prepare your soul, will, see, will sow the seed, will water, will ensure that the right crops grow, and will dig out the weeds. I don't have to do this massive work. I just have to do the massive work of connecting. Amen. Now, and we can go to the next one. There is, that, that's being fruitful, right? So it says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, multiply. So let's talk about multiplying. What do we call to multiply? <laughs> you guys thought I was going to do all the work. Yeah. Press play. 
just need popcorn. No. What are, we, what are we called to multiply? Yes. So if God sows a seed in us, and he tells us to multiply, does it follow that he wants us to multiply that seed? Does it follow then that in my faithfulness of connection and I bear fruit, that it is that fruit that I'm called to multiply? Does that follow? So, what then is our mandate? What is our mandate? Each one of us has a seed that God has sown inside of us. Each one of us has destiny and purpose that God has sown inside of us. Whether you believe it or not, you do. Whether you've seen it manifest or not, you do. God has sown something inside of you that if you will connect to him, you will receive the right nutrients for that seed to germinate, take root, and grow. And if that seed can bear fruit, then God is saying to you, take that fruit and multiply it. So when we come to understand the mandate that was given to Adam and Eve in the garden and our application to our own lives, we understand that yes, they were to cultivate a garden, but we also understand that in our own lives today, we are to cultivate our soul space. We are to make our soul space available to Jesus to say, I am going to connect myself to you because there are seeds that you've sown inside of me, but I need what you have. I need the water, I need the fertilizer, and so if I can connect myself to you and allow the waters of, of life to flow in me and allow the fertilizer to do the work of germination in me, then I will bear fruit naturally. Without even trying, I will bear fruit. And if I can bear this fruit, then I can take this fruit and I can multiply this fruit. And so... We're walking around frustrated in our workplaces, not knowing how to add value, not feeling recognized, seeing other people promoted ahead of us, wondering if this is where we were called to be, sending CVs out all over the place because we're not doing the work of connecting to the vine allowing the water to flow, the fertilizer to do its work, and the natural bearing of fruit to happen. And if we just do that, then our workplaces become this dynamic space where I have an opportunity to add value, bring change because of the fruit that I'm bearing. Now, that can be fruit of the Spirit, right? So all the, you know, the gentleness, kindness, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, but, but it also speaks of the potential that God has placed inside of you. It also speaks of the particular gifts and talents that you have, the way of, look, of seeing the world that you have that nobody else has. It also speaks about you bringing that into your space, into your home, into your neighborhood, into your workplace. So how do we change society? 
How do we change the world? That's the, that's the big mandate, right? So change the world. The, the world needs to get back to what it was. The conditions of Eden. That's what God is, that's what he's busy with, by the way. Restoring Eden. Doesn't always look like it. Doesn't always feel like it. When we watch the news, it doesn't always sound like it. God is in the work of restoring the conditions of Eden. That's the big vision. That's the macro vision. Just throwing that out there for the economist. But when, what's, 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 the, what's the micro vision? What's the application for me? How does it become relevant? How do I work it out in my own life? Faithful with the seeds. Faithful with connection. I know it's weird, but it, it stops there. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not this massive spreadsheet. It's not this massive presentation. It's not this massive world change. It, it's, it's, it's faithfulness. If I'm just connected. Now to us human beings, it feels lacking. Because where's the doing stuff? Where's the, where, where, where's the rolling up our sleeves and going out? And There's a place for that. But that's not, that's not our effort. That's not where we, we focus our attentions. Where we focus our attentions is on connection. Because we can run without the connection, but we will receive no nutrients. And we will run for a season and we'll run out. But when we have the connection, we receive the nutrients, the water, the fertilizer, and we're able to multiply. I love, I love the word multiply specifically because, um, you know, if I think of it in, in relation to, to addition, for example, just that, um, just the, the difference between multiplication and addition being, being the, the outcome. You know, you, you, t- you, take, you, take two, you take the same numbers, you apply addition to this one, and you, t- you apply multiplication to this one. The outcome is vastly different. There's a compounding outcome with multiplication. There's an exponential outcome with multiplication. And so if we would just remain connected and do the work of connection, then the things that we keep striving for, the things that we keep trying to work for, trying to force doors open, trying to, trying to convince people this, do, and we're tired at the end of the day, and we don't look forward to going back to work, and we feel, it feels like a drain. Sure, because you're running on empty. You're not being nourished. But when you do the easier work, by the way, remember Jesus, remember Jesus said, my, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. So my burden is light, my yoke is easy. It's easy. Don't complicate it. Don't add on to it. It's, it's really easy. It's so easy, we miss it. It's so simple, we look for other solutions. Because surely the solution for the redemption of the world cannot be as simple as connection. I just, that's it. There must be something else. What's the next step? You're doing it. You're doing it. Are you connected? Then you're doing it right now. You're living out your purpose right now. You're fulfilling your potential right now because you're allowing him 
to do what He does and for you to do what you're created to do. And, and, and when we fall into that, it's too simple space, then we want to take over what He does. And then we're kind of like pushing Him out, like, I, I, I'll do this. I'll take care of it. Because if I, if I can do this, then I'll feel, I'll feel like I'm making stuff happen. I think I might even sleep better at night because I'll feel like, whoa, I pushed, I worked hard. And then, you know, I'll pray, but, but here's, here's my main focus. But, but Jesus is going, <laughs> well, let me do it. Let me do it. And you connect to me and, and, and you, you, get to, you get to experience the benefit. You, you can have the glory, and then you can give it back to me. How's that? I connect, boom, he does it. I get the glory, and I give it back to him. Simple as that. But we, we complicate it because we're complicated beings. Fill the earth. I believe that, that um, speaks into how we call to influence. So I can't fill the, the earth by myself. I can't, um, I can't even fill a good portion of it. But if I fill the place that God has called me to be in, and you fill the place that God has called you to be in, and you fill the place that God has called you to be in, and you fill the place that God has called you to be in, guess what? We're filling the earth. We're going to fill it. It's possible. We can do it. What are we filling the earth with? That which we carry. That seed. Remember the seed that grew, bore fruit, multiplied? That's what we take into the world. How do we take God's presence into our workplaces? Prayer, yes. Manifesting the gifts that God has deposit inside of you. Yes. Manifest those gifts. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. It says that, that, the, that your gifts will make room for you before kings. It is the manifestation of those gifts, by the way, that will make room before kings. It's not because you, you have this inner belief that you have gifts. It's not because you know in your journal you wrote that you have some special gifts. It's because those gifts were made manifest. How were those gifts made manifest? You got connected. So we fill the earth with the glory of God. I want to see, there's this amazing um, illustration uh, about, about just the presence of God, and I, I don't think we can do it yet because we don't have enough light, but follow me. On earth as it is in heaven, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Heaven's reality on earth. Fill, fill, fill the earth. So filling the earth, he heavenly reality. In heaven, God is the light. There is no sun in heaven. Did you know that? There's no need for a sun. God is the light. And God fills every single bit of heaven. So, 
if I hold my Bible this way, against the light, what happens over here? There's a bit of a shadow. What does that tell me? That light is present over here? It's not present over here. That's what that shadow tells me. In heaven, there are no shadows. Because God fills every area, every bit of heaven. When we fill the earth, the fullness of the mandate is God filling every area of earth such that he dispels the darkness. We will know we have filled the earth with the glory of God because there will be no darkness. We're also called to subdue, subdue it. That word subdue doesn't mean like wrangle with it and kind of wrestle, wrestle things down, wrestle the animals down, wrestle the earth down and, and, and pin it down until it, it submits. That, that word subdue speaks of bringing things, bringing people, bringing creation into right relationship with Jesus. That's discipleship. That's knowing the mandate, carrying the values of the garden, the reality of the garden, the way things were and are supposed to be, and carrying those into our spaces, showing them to people. That's not how it was supposed to be. This is how it is supposed to be. This is the level of connection. This is the level of relationship. This is the level of truth. This is the level of higher living that we're called to, not that. Praying for the sick is one way that we subdue. Because we're going, no, that is not a heavenly reality. That is not an Eden-like reality. So we're going to bring that into a line. We're going to subdue it. And we're going to, I'm going to help you to bring that into alignment. That, that, that your reality becomes the reality of Eden. So there's, there is, is there a big task? Yes. Is, is, is there a lot that needs to change? Yes. Do we need to get into social structures, into, into government structures, into educational structures, into, into the medical spaces, into, into the TV and film spaces, into sp the sporting world and, and all of these? Well, do we need to get in there? Yes. And do, do those areas need change and do they need Jesus? Yes. If you try and do it without Jesus, are you going to burn out? Yes. So what do I do? I insert myself into those spaces and I connect. And if I'm in that space, if I'm called into the, into the justice space or into the government or public space or whatever it is that you are called into, whatever space it is that you're currently serving in, insert yourself into that space, connect, bear fruit. That fruit will bring change. You have to worry about the big, the big how. And Jesus might give you a blueprint. He might give you a vision. He might, he might inspire you. There might be plans. But you know what? What your primary task is and how you bring change into the place where you're in? Step into it. Connect. Bear fruit. That fruit will bring about change.